those five single. Episode 225, welcome to the Hotbox Show. Coming to you late and live here at the Hotbox studio at the Jazz Farm. Sorry we were a bit late tonight, but we were um, pounced on by load shedding unawares because they changed our schedule. So thank you for joining us anyway, and uh, we're very pleased to have a full studio here tonight. We've got the beautiful people from Cure. We've got the amazing, amazing cannabis activist Bernie Enova, who's fighting for all of us in the labor court. We've got a full complement of crew. We've got our two uh, appy techies who are here behind the, um, behind the desk with Boomslang. So thank you very much to Brad and to Nick for always standing by so that they can stand in for Boomslang if he's unavailable. So we really have got a great atmosphere going here. Um, I think we all just kind of, the lights came on and we all came down to the studio and we just started this thing. If I can say, I think there's a lot more, there's a, many nicer things I'd rather be pounced on than load shedding. Pounced exactly. on by load shedding. Exactly. <laughs> well, we were actually speaking to um, our dear friend Irena in Spain earlier because we were busy setting up the voting app for the Amber Cup, which, as you all should know by now, is happening on Saturday. If you don't have your ticket yet, please, this is, uh, we're running a very tight ship, please get your ticket from Quicket so that we can get your login details so that when you arrive you can install the app and you can start voting. Are there details on the Fields of Green for All website about it? Uh, yes they are if you subscribe to our newsletter you'll find all about the Amber Cup there if you're not subscribed you better subscribe to South Africa's premier DAB event otherwise known as the DAB Olympics. With our so custom-made <laughs> custom DAB scoring app. Exactly. Which is very exciting nice. I can't wait. <laughs> So Dan, of course, is one of our finalists. Are you excited, Brie? Always. Always, yeah. yes. <laughs> We've got eight amazing finalists for Saturday. And um, we're really looking forward to some stiff competition for those beautiful Nguenia glass, um, uh, recycled glass sculptures that we've had made as trophies. So uh, tell me, Dale, I believe you've been road tripping. Yeah, I went all the way down to Cape Town, Aww. not just for their really awesome cannabis clubs, which actually blew my mind, if I must be honest. Yeah. I think they really are doing a good job with the, the structure of their club systems and stuff like that. Everything is yeah. super private. Because you had a bad experience on the way down there, didn't I you? I did, actually, because look, you, you know that it's legal to fly domestic with yeah. um, cannabis in your bag, check-in bag or your carry-on bag. I wasn't um, stopped by the police at all. In fact, I was just robbed. They emptied my bag once I landed in Cape Town. All my weed was gone, out of the jar. They left my, like, shitty sort of outdoor weed in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> and they took the rest of my indoor. <laughs> Cape Town International stolen. Airport like is... is uh, but you don't know. very dodgy when you it comes to You don't know whether that happened here at our table or what happened in Cape Town? Mm. Well, the suitcase locked. came out on the conveyor belt open. It surely oh. wouldn't have travelled in the uh, compartment. No. And I knew immediately, you know, you knew immediately. So did you do anything? It was locked. I had a little padlock on it that was broken off. The yeah. zips were actually just torn right open and no one left a note. <laughs> no one said anything. No authorities actually stopped me in Cape Town. I just had to, I, I can't complain about it. When they said, what's missing, sir? And I uh, actually, it doesn't matter what's missing. Just find it. <laughs> No, it does yeah. matter what's missing. Was there anything else missing? Uh, there was a pair of shoes missing, yeah. Oh, okay. But that's it. So you had to wear your slops your whole holiday. Yeah, which is yeah. fine because Cape Town was hot. Yeah, okay. Cool, man. Well, it's really nice having this full complement of the crew here. It really creates a very, very nice hiss in the studio. 
And um, uh, with no further ado, I think that the THC levels are a little bit low. A little bit low. What do we have on the dank cam? Dabba dabba do. Dabba oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Poll first. The poll first. Okay, the poll. Can where can we vote again? Facebook and YouTube. Nice. Facebook and YouTube. YouTube has now. given us back the option to for do, doing polls. Oh. So, <laughs> seeing as we have uh, Bernie, the fearless Labour court activist here today, uh, Charles designed our poll around that. And have you been Dacher tested at work? That's our question today. Nice. Um, number one says my employer is a stoner. Is Dacher friendly? Yoo-hoo. Okay, number one. Number two, yes, and I lost my job. And I'm sure that that applies to thousands and thousands of, of, of people in South Africa. And no. Yes, the third one's really easy. No, you've never been tested at work. Well, I could say, no, I've never been tested at work because this thing was only invented in the last 10 years. Mm. Since when have they been testing people for duck of work? When I was still in sort of mainstream employment, I mean, I, I could never heard of being tested for drugs at work. You, you, you as my employer want to take my bodily fluids out of me yeah. and, uh, to find out what yeah. I'm up to in my personal life? Like, Are you serious? Mm. Well, isn't that the question? And that's why we've got Bernie here today. So please move over onto Facebook or YouTube and vote in that poll and we'll bring you the, the results. We must remember at the, at the end. The, yeah. We weren't sure if we show. had the poll uh, right last week, which is why we... We didn't give any results at the end, but we did post, I believe we posted the results okay. on the socials. So I'm sure everybody can have uh, uh, can choose one of those answers because it's pretty widespread. I'm very blessed that my answer is number one. I work for a stoner. <laughs> <laughs> it's mandatory. I work, I work with, with stoners. stoners. Yes, yes. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So Dan, what's on the Dan cam? Um... On the day cam. Mm. Looks like we're smoking dabs tonight. Nice. We're dabbing. I hope you like dabbing. Too. We're just hotting up for the amber cup on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So orange, mm. Let's just change something here. And yeah, I mean, it yeah. does make your face pretty hot. <laughs> it makes you. Are you feeling a bit? <laughs> so we got. There's two different types. Mm. Is that two? Let's just scoop yeah, some yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Let's just get a good shot there first of all. Okay. There we go. Okay. There, you can see it's all like fudgy. Yeah. Oh. Okay, do not give people that much to test on Saturday. <laughs> there we go, so there's something like that. Yeah, that's, that's gorgeous. It's really beautiful. I can't Isn't wait that? to test that. And what is that? Mm. Uh, what strain? Yeah. Uh, jelly cake. Jelly cake? Jelly cake. Yes, a jelly cake batter. It looks, like a, it looks like a cake batter type consistency. Like oh. You can check, it's like all gooey and stuff. And then yeah. just a total different, not different, but like opposite spectrum. I mean, not that the spectrum, but like you can see right through that. And if you don't yeah. notice, that's distillate. Oh. So that's also an extract, but a lot more purer. But you can see that this is a Distillate is a cold extract, right? Or not uh, no, 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 no. So it's very hot. You're literally only taking across the THC and obviously as little as you can. And more specific, but yeah. Same strain, different strain? I don't know, this is on the table. Oh, great! Okay. Lucky packet. Yeah. So, may I please try the jelly, the right jelly cake? Mm, mm, mm. Okay, so, yeah, there's going to be plenty of dabs on the weekend. There is. All different there types is. and flavors and yeah. colors and combinations and things. Mm -hmm. And I was actually a, a little bit sad because my yeah, tolerance levels are 
are, are super down because last week I spent from Tuesday to Friday in Nigeria. So um, I decided that today for the Fields of Green uh, update and Myrtle's rant, I would tell you a little bit about being in Nigeria. So for the first time in about 30 years, I crossed a, um, an international border without weed. <laughs> Because not having jewels by my side, I didn't have so much courage. And you know that cannabis is, remains completely illegal in, in Nigeria. Although Nigeria is uh, Af certainly Africa's, if not the world's biggest consuming country, Nigeria. Yeah. So that's something that I learned at, at the conference. Um, and certainly everybody, everybody smokes weed. But, you know, I flew and I left very, very early on Tuesday morning. And I flew home on Friday and got home on Friday night. And so I only had two full days in Abuja in Nigeria. And that was taken up from 8 o'clock in the morning till 6 o'clock at night at the conference. And then after 6, there was like networking and going out for dinner or whatever. So I didn't actually have anywhere to go to go and smoke weed. I was offered, <coughs> certainly was offered some weed, but I decided, you know what, I'm going to have a little bit of a tolerance break. And I proved it's not addictive. Yeah. You know? You I had one little, I had my little vape pen, which I had a little bit of, but really not, not very much. And not once during those, you could say, four, four days, two days of traveling and two days of being there, was I thinking, oh, I really, you know, I really need a, a spliff. And then, going into cold sweats and like yeah, yeah. <laughs> not even as bad as a coffee, right? You probably not as bad coffee as coffee. Worse. You know, was a coffee. Coffee was way worse because <laughs> I preempted it and I bought some of those little sachets of instant cappuccino, and there was a kettle in my room. But I can tell you <laughs> that the coffee that was available at the at the conference was really awful. So the best thing was having those little instant cappuccino sachets. I don't think I would have, if I hadn't have taken those, I think I would have been very irritated with myself. Yeah. I'd imagine the things that you'd battle with the most on that tolerance break would be eating, because I know yes. we need to make a hole. Um, and also sleep probably would have been a little bit yeah. rough for the first couple yeah. of days. But I did get some over-the-counter sleeping tablets because the plane left at four in the morning. So I was just comfortably there. And there was only about 20 people on the whole plane between here and Lagos. And then we stopped off in Lagos and it didn't get off the plane. Then we flew to Lome in Togo and then waited there for five hours and then flew to Abuja. So it was this whole West African adventure. And I must say, those sleeping tablets really helped because I slept on the plane all the way there yes. and then I could sleep at night without the weed. Nice. So I didn't have a chance to see whether the weed, uh, lack of weed was keeping me <laughs> awake. Uh, plus, the conference was a hell of a long day. Um, but we've made a, a, a shortened version of Myrtle's Rant telling you all about uh, my experience in, in Nigeria. It was very, very interesting, very enlightening and really nice to to speak to all uh, African people, you know, it was it was African issues that you didn't have to explain over and above what the issues are that are unique to Africa. For example, if you go to Vienna, there you have everybody in the world. You've got Americans and you've got all the European people, so it's much more diluted. Mm. Um, and they I don't think understand. This, yeah, the southern. Global Ex South exactly, yeah. exactly, and it was really nice to learn about drug policy in really obscure countries. I mean, who knows about drug policy in Benin, you know, or Cote d'Ivoire, or 
places like that. T Togo, there were representatives from there. Um, I think that there was probably about over 20 African countries represented. So we've, Joe has very, very kindly made us a shortened version of Myrtle's Rant. It was originally 10 minutes. And then on Mondays, from now on, we're going to be releasing the long version of Myrtle's Rant. So it'll be Myrtle's Rant Mondays uh, from this coming Monday. And then you can see um, the whole video on our Hotbox Show YouTube channel. So for the Fields of Green update today, here's Myrtle's Rant. Welcome to Myrtle's Rant. Um, as I sit here preparing to think about what I'm going to say to you live and unscripted from the Hotbox studio, I am a little bit tired. Uh, we, I spent the last week in Abuja in Nigeria, came back to an event here at the Jazz Farm. Um, of course, to, tomorrow night we have the Amber Cup here at the Jazz Farm, sorry, on Saturday. And, um, and so it's been, it really has been a week. So I decided, as opposed to be ranting about an issue, to share with everybody this evening um, about, about my experiences in, in Abuja. It was my first time in Nigeria, and my plane took off from our Tambo airport at four o'clock in the morning. It was very interesting uh, landing in a completely new country, um, negotiating all of the customs and the formalities, and then, of course, arriving at the hotel and meeting um, my amazing panel. And I'd like to just, first of all, thank uh, the University of Cape Town uh, Criminology Department, uh, the University of Bristol, and their Cannabis Africana Project. And that is the banner that we all met in, in Nigeria under. And our, luckily, our panel was on the Wednesday morning, um, at 11 o'clock so everybody was still nice and fresh there was about 60 people at the conference maybe 80 i'm not sure but the conference was the 14th biennial international conference on drugs and alcohol and society in africa towards the reform of drugs law and policy in africa research practice and advocacy considerations. Now, ours was the first plenary session, so that meant that everybody at the conference was in attendance. And the topic of our panel was cannabis policy and its social, political and economic impact in the different African countries. And our panel was made up of Professor Jalal Tufik. Uh, he actually just sent comments because he wasn't well. He's from Morocco, so wasn't there in person. Then, uh, of course, Dr. Clemens Rusenga from the University of Bristol, ex-Zimbabwe, who is a long-time friend. And then Edioma Ubang-Nelson. Um, uh, Edioma was also at Drug Policy Week in, in Cape Town in 2017, and he was representing Krisa in Nigeria. He's Nigerian. Myself and Maria Goretti Loglo, who's from the IDPC in Ghana. And we really did have an incredibly fr fruitful panel. We each had 30, about 30 minutes um, to speak on our given topic. And my topic was the journey of, uh, towards cannabis le legalization in South Africa, but more importantly, cannabis as a harm reduction mechanism. There was lots of speak of harm reduction at the conference, and it really was, I'm not going to go into too much detail, I am going to write a blog about my, my thoughts and experiences, 
but the overarching um, uh, feeling at the conference was a movement very strongly towards a harm reduction. There was a, a real feeling of moving towards something that is more human rights based. That was the overall feeling that I did get at the conference. So once again, thank you to my sponsors and thank you to the universities for continuing to support the work that we do here at Fields of Green for All. It certainly was an honor. It was crazy to fly all the way there and fly all the way back in four days, but we did it and it was certainly worth the while. And uh, that's Myrtle's rant for this time. See you next time. Bye. Welcome back and um, we're going to go straight into CBDNN because um, with uh, Canisphere, the other cannabis news uh, station in South Africa, taking a short hiatus, there seems to have been a little bit of a thin, hey Charles? The news uh, in the There's cannabis front news, has really. been a little bit thin. Just busts. Yeah, because of course here yeah, it feels green and Charlotte is answering the phone. Um, uh, we certainly are never lacking news on that front. So let's get straight into CBDNN. And over to Shaw. Oh, Our first story tonight comes from the Northern Cape, uh, where a joint intelligence-driven operation by the SAPS... Yeah, sure. Yeah, they discovered 38 kilograms of dacha that was hidden in a, in a ceiling uh, by two men. And they say this is worth almost a million rand, 968,000 rands worth. Dank Northern Cape yeah, and weed. I'd just like to read, um, uh, this was on the police's own website, uh, what the acting uh, district commander, Brigadier Piet Kutsia, had to say. He said he commended the members for their relentless efforts in eradicating drugs from the streets and also thanked the community for their contribution, which led to this success and encouraged them to continue sharing information about criminal activities. All right, and then at the end he says the two suspects will appear in court soon on the charge of dealing in Dacha. And of course, we know that they can't prove dealing without marked notes or video or photographic evidence. So we are absolutely sure that this case is going to be thrown out like so many other cases. Some cases have been dragging on for years. We know of one since 2017 that's been dragging on. Yeah, postponed and postponed for yeah. six, seven, eight months at a time. The, the worst yeah. is towns like that, Kakamas, I think it is, in the Northern mm. Cape. Um, there's, there's so many horrible and violent drugs that are actually flooding those little towns that these cops <clears> are completely missing. They're targeting the kilos of dacha, but missing all of the actual harmful So, dacha. Dale, those big bags those men had in the ceiling, what do you think were they going to do with those bags? Sell them and what, the money, what is that money? Going to their families, right? Yes. And they probably, food on the table. Who knows how far they're actually sending that money to their families? So, all so what, the how is that a crime, do you think? Not. I don't understand this. It all comes down to the fact that they still think that cannabis is so terribly harmful. I even saw that in Nigeria, you know, with the prohibitionists in the audience. Of course they were there. Of course, you know, Dacha makes you mad and all of that. So, just to remind everybody that Shah religiously mans that phone 24 hours a day. If you have any sort of problems with the police, please give us a call and please fill in the arrest report because that really helps us. We have a project man management system whereby we record the arrests anonymously if you want to, but it's really good for us to have 
those statistics in writing because uh, just telling me on the phone I can't remember everything I've got a memory like a squirrel so write it down fill in the form and I'll phone you back as soon as I get it and I check every day so uh, that's an easier way to report it. And of course to know your rights and keep a copy of our Know Your Rights booklet which you can download from our website. Keep it in your car, keep it in your bag. We've said this thousands and thousands of times over the years but we still have people arrested and being traumatized. And one of the things about filling in the arrest report is that you get your trauma out of your head and onto a piece of paper and it's incredibly cathartic to actually just write it down. It doesn't matter about your spelling or your grammar or your English or whatever. Just write down exactly what happened to you and you'll be amazed how much better it makes you feel. Because it doesn't matter if that policeman just hit you up for a thousand rand from the ATM or whether they dragged you and kept you overnight or you've been, you've been post, like your case has been postponed for months and years. It or is an incredibly, no incredibly traumatic experience. And um, I think uh, the arrests were t terribly traumatic for our brothers and sisters of the Khoi clan that have been camped out uh, at the Union buildings. Now, we've covered this story extensively. The Khoi King was, of course, with us at our mass action on the 17th of September at the spoke Union so buildings. Well. He spoke so yes. brilliantly. And you know, they're not, only they're not only fighting for cannabis, they're fighting for their language and their heritage. So Dale has that story for us today. Um, yeah, we're actually going to show you a short clip from King Khoi himself, explaining yes. what's happened with the case recently. Um, from what we know, it has been thrown out. Um, but That's good news. It is of good, good news. news. Yeah. 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 Magistrates yeah. level, because we were pe prepared to get him a stay of prosecution, but luckily it's but it was thrown out mm -hmm. at gutter level. Nice. Good. Yeah. Someone with sense. So let's hear what the Koi, Koi King has to say. Greetings, this is King Koison essay. Uh, from the Aboriginal Embassy at the Union Building in Pretoria. Today was the case against the government uh, the case against King Khoisan SA, according to their doctors, they say dealing in Dacha. So now we have showed the government that in order for them to basically put out our, our case to trial, they need to get the language of the First Nation, the language that is on the coat of arms that says, so the, the government, the legal system, the courts have failed to get the interpreter that can be used to interpret the First Nation language to the court. So the case has been thrown out. The Dacha dealer case has been thrown out by the court. And that just shows that we as the First Nation, our laws are above the laws of this court. This court deals with laws from the sea and we deal with laws from the land. And, and like he said, it's so much more than just about cannabis right now. They've been camping out at the uh, Union buildings for years, for, mm. for the longest time. Yeah. And it seems, it seems now that government is trying every angle they can to get them off of the union buildings or, or trying to yeah. get them arrested in some way to stop their protest. Yeah, yeah. sure. You know, and it's, it's sad, really, to, to use the plant that we cherish so much. 
That so is. that was kicked out because they could not find a translator. Mm. Yeah. Not even yeah. based on anything to do with cannabis policies, regulations, I mean... Any laws really, just basic communication. Which is maybe a good thing because it also brought attention to the courts about his language issue. Because mm, it's being yeah. overshadowed by the Dacha issue, yeah. I reckon. Because mm. their land <laughs> and the courts doesn't understand their language. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is that that is something that is really, um, that is really particular to the Southern Hemisphere and certain traditional growing areas in the north like um, Thailand, Indonesia, Malaysia, Afghanistan, Nepal, India, places like that where, where cannabis has grown for thousands of years. Um, but very interestingly, I spoke to somebody from Sierra Leone and they can trace back their cannabis uh, history back wow. to the 14th century. Sure. Yeah. So, so they've got they've got oral history back to the 14th century in Sierra Leone. So that's wow. it's pretty interesting. And I think that Africa, if the historians really had to go digging, um, they would they would find centuries and centuries uh, of cannabis use, cultivation, and trade. Yeah. You know that trade aspect is so very very important. Big issue. Big, very the, very big issue. What gets to me is that you know back in the day when people walked anywhere. You would only take what you value. Yeah. You wouldn't take just anything. Or what you can exchange on the road. You know, what, something that has value. Hmm. Yeah. And, th th yeah, that's enough for me to know that they definitely yeah. carried it. Yeah. And if you were being you know? put on a slave ship from India, what are you going to do? You're going to have a handful of cannabis seeds so you can Some plant seeds, when you get there. A couple, yeah. You know? So I don't know. It's a, it really it's, a, it's all about the money and it's all about ignorance and... And now we have this third story on CBDNN, which is cannabis funding, positive signals behind closed government doors. So I remember in 2019, I made a submission to the Parliamentary Committee on um, Budget Appropriations. So this was where, the, where the, this Parliamentary Committee, who gets the various government departments to report on the amount of money that they haven't spent. And I think that the reason why they accepted my submission and I had to fly around to Cape Town at the last minute, they told me at four in the afternoon I had to be in Cape Town nine o'clock the next morning. Anyway, I made it and I did my submission and there were sniggers from the gallery, you know, as usually they are, and saying, well, right now in 2019, the departments of health, the departments of agriculture, the departments of trade and industry should be putting away that ex excess budget allocation for cannabis development. So this interesting, this story was very interesting. The government is slowly starting to make good on its intention to make finance available for small-scale cannabis farmers and township entrepreneurs. Where was this from, this, this story? I, think it was on I found it on Cannabis Africa. Uh, Africa. It was on Cannabis Africa. But Thank you very much, IOL Brett. Is reporting. Yeah, yeah, they found so IOL is reporting, maybe, maybe. Behind the scenes, budget allocations are being drawn up, but it's too soon to tell how much money will actually flow to the cannabis sector yet. Well, we know that it's all going to go into the pocket of the uncle and the cousin and the brother-in-law first, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And will they stop the arrests? The adopted daughters yeah. of people. Well, so they arrest people. They're going to give small-scale farmers money on the one end and then they're going to arrest the rest of them. You know? Hello? And the land bank is getting involved now as well. And the land bank is getting involved. Well, so they should. I think that's very good. Yeah. 
Two significant that. developments have quietly happened. Cannabis have cre has crept into the budgetary framework. Department of Agriculture, the Land Bank have announced the creation of a finance mechanism for emerging cannabis farmers. It should just be a finance mechanism for emerging farmers, full stop, and the cannabis is part of it, whether you're a tomato farmer, a mealy farmer, a, you know, a cattle farmer, whatever. Yeah, and justice should be removed from it or play a smaller role, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Agriculture no Minister Toko Didiza says there will soon be an announcement on the participation of other financial institutions. Now, we know that the, that the Office of the President is calling for interim measures. We have this on very, very good authority. So these interim measures, maybe this is, we don't want to diss it too much. Maybe it's good news. What do you think? Well, it's, it's movement. I mean, the last couple of weeks mm. we've had yeah. no local news, and now, boom, boom, suddenly yeah. out the and corner. There's movement away yeah. from the disastrous bull. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's all gone quiet. We got yeah. a draft in August sometime that was biggest load of... Mm -hmm. you can imagine. Let's hope it quietly dies away. Yeah. So let's see. More importantly, cannabis and, uh, cannabis and hemp. Cannabis and cannabis yeah. have been prioritized as a target areas for government funding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll believe it when we see it, but that is a little sliver of good news. Mm. So while they're giving the small-scale farmers and the township, township entrepreneurs... The money, they're also firing people from their jobs. They are, people are being fired every single day for having cannabis in their systems, and that's what happened to the amazing activist Bernie Enover, and she decided um, at the beginning of 2020 in February that actually she was going to fight this. And she went straight to our, attorney, our then attorneys on record, Schindler's, who have been helping her all, all along, Unfortunately, we got a very, very awful judgment this year, and so now it is going on appeal. So I am going to do a little slip out, and Bernie's going to do a little slip in, and she's going to tell, tell everybody about her campaign so far. Her and Charles have been speaking at length, and I know that Bernie has a very, very, very big fundraising drive at the moment, which we're helping her for. So please listen carefully, and if you can help out, you could actually win amazing prizes. So please welcome the amazing Bernie Enneba. <laughs>